This is the Wide Awake Parenting Podcast. I'm your host, Dr. Kirsten Kazarian. As a child psychologist, I believe the most important part of the work I do is supporting parents by helping them deeply attune to their child and find their own balance of connection, nourishment, and inspiration. To do this, I lean on the practice of mindfulness. Join me in a conversation about raising our kids, raising our consciousness, and trying to stay awake. Welcome to episode 28 of the Wide Awake Parenting Podcast. If you are not feeling particularly wide awake today due to a child having sleep issues, that's what this episode's all about, and we're going to get some help from sleep expert Tanja B. For new parents navigating sleep during the first year, you're going to want to listen up. Tanja also has tips for what to do with sleep issues that pop up in our older children, and she helps us decide when to reach out to a sleep consultant. And also, as summer is almost here, she shares how to vacation with the kids without disrupting your family's sleep routine. Tanja has a special giveaway for our Wide Awake audience, sleep resources for new parents, and a free consult with her. And at the end of our interview, she'll share how you can take advantage of this giveaway. Welcome, Tanja. Um, thank you so much for joining us today. And I'm going to start just by asking you for our listeners and for myself, you know, what is sleep consulting and how did you get involved in sleep consulting? Well, thank you, Kirsten, first off, for having me on the podcast. It was a great opportunity, and I do love listening to you. Um, So sleep consulting is basically, it's a coaching and supporting type of program for parents, um, and we use evidence-based behavioral techniques to help the parent get their child um, to self-soothe and sleep independently, and uh, therefore will sleep by the night uh, through the night. Which is a huge, huge deal for parents. I mean, this is no small thing. The sleep. Oh yes, this is the number one issue with parents when surveyed. And a few weeks ago on Facebook, an article went viral saying the first six years of a child's life, parents sleep like crap. That was the name of the article. (laughs) And so you don't have to wait six years, um, you know, and I'm going to tell you a little bit about that in a minute, but, um, you could get your child sleeping well, very, very early on as early as six months old. So, um, there is a way, (laughs) um, the way that I got involved in this is that, um, out of my three children, my second child, my middle child, he, uh, was not sleeping very well. Um, he had a lot of issues, you know, as, as, uh, I call it first time parenting, but really he's the second child, but he's about 13 years apart from my first one. So it's kind of like starting over, you know? Um, and so we had issues with nursing, we had issues with colic. I mean, it was just everything thrown at me at once and we weren't sleeping well. And 
And so, you know, eventually we got the nursing under control because um, there's lactation consultants, right? And then um, the colic kind of resolved itself around three months, which the pediatrician predicted based on when their digestive system matures. So even though three months is a long time to deal with it, it there was an end in sight, you know? And so the sleep continued to wreak havoc on my life. Um, for 11 whole months, I did not sleep a whole night, not once. Mm-hmm. And um, it was just, I mean, I'm not even kidding. It was very, very devastating for me. Um, you know, the baby, they figure out how to get cat naps here and there, right, throughout the day and all kinds of odd times to kind of, you know, get their sleep in a little bit. But as adults, we kind of, you know, we're up during the day and then we're supposed to sleep at night. And so I was just experiencing fatigue and, um, you know, aggravation, irritation. Like when your partner tells you, you know, you've changed a little bit. Are you okay? Like my husband was worried about me because I was just, just not myself, you know, and I just couldn't carry on a day and, um, even like safety, you know, like driving, you know, I, if I'd go somewhere, you know, I'd have a friend, we'd go together. Cause it's like, sometimes I just couldn't drive because I was so tired. Um, and you know, eventually one week before his, um, one year birthday, I said, you know what, I've got to do something about this. He's not growing out of it. Like I thought he would. <laughs> And so a friend of mine told me about sleep coaches, you know, five months prior, and I decided to reach out to her and say, hey, can you tell me more? And that's when this whole relationship started with sleep consulting, hired a coach by night four. He was sleeping 12 hours. Oh, my goodness. That's amazing. (laughs) Yeah. His waking up every three hours was not because he was hungry. Let me tell you. (laughs) No. I, um, when I named this podcast, my child is almost four now, but when I picked out the name, I thought, you know, it it had two meanings to me. One, this idea of thinking, um, kind of more expansively about parenting and the honor that it is and, and being awake with this process, but Mm -hmm. also just being wide awake in the middle of the night as a parent, you know, (laughs) thinking, Oh my goodness. I I just am so appreciating what that must've been like on day four, that this way that you've been surviving had shifted after calling a sleep consultant. That's amazing. Yes, it was great. It was worth the investment and it worked, you know, it works. (laughs) Um, And lastly, you asked who, you know, who am I or whatnot. So I'm a sleep consultant certified through the Sleep Sense program. So there's about six programs nationwide. Well, worldwide, really. We train all over the world. And um, I'm a mom of three. And um, the military is actually part of my life. I grew up military. My dad was in the military, so we traveled with him. Um, I, I joined the military and then got out. And then I married military. So military, military, everywhere. <laughs> and you also have your master's in psychology, right? So I, I noticed the way that you approach things. I can, I can hear your drive for evidence, um, and research in like everything that you're writing. Oh yes. You know, we're trained that way, right. To look at the peer reviewed articles and where's the research on it. So I like to, you know, instead of getting, there's a lot of, um, 
you know, information out there that's opinionated or based on uh, one person or something like that. But I like to get something that's been vetted through the community, whether it's the pediatric community or the mental health community, because sleep goes into all aspects of our life, not just physical, um, not just children, but mental health, you know? It's so true. It's what I always start with in an assessment. What is sleep like in the family household um, for mom and dad and also for the child coming in? Because if sleep is disrupted, we can't even really take the next steps to figure out, um, you know, it has to be attended to first. Otherwise, we're not doing our due diligence because that can start to look like all sorts of other physical and mental issues. Um, so I have some questions. We're going to get to your recommendations for how get, you know, enjoying your vacation. And as we're about to hit summer, I really want to make sure that, um, parents get this information before we get there. I wanted to ask you, do you have any tips for when to reach out? Like when's the moment to reach out to a sleep consultant for parents? And then also it is kind of going along with that. When are we panicking, but don't really need to be, (laughs) Oh, yes. Yes. So um, I always tell people, you know, the newborn phase, you know, that's that's going to be filled with sleep deprivation. Right. Because you have to get up with your baby to feed every two hours or three hours per your pediatrician's recommendation. Right. So um, I always highlight, though, the newborn phase is usually from zero to three months. After that, the baby's no longer a newborn. (laughs) You know, they can, um, their sleep, you know, around six weeks, their sleep starts to get a little more consistent, um, maybe in the night. Uh, Naps don't really get consistent till about four, maybe six months sometimes. Um, So you don't have to panic. You know, when you have a newborn, you're going to have sleep deprivation. And there are some um, healthy sleep habits you can incorporate for newborns because we all know when a new baby arrives, baby comes out of the womb and immediately they start learning based on their environment. And so some of that learning you can incorporate is some healthy sleep tips. Um, And uh, and Kirsten, I'll give you some uh, tips that we can share with the audience should they want those, you know, later on. Um, And... So here's the thing that you can look forward to saying, okay, I probably need to reach out and get some help with this. Um, If your child has like a prop dependency and what a sleep prop is, is something that your child absolutely has to have to go to sleep. So if they need you to rock them to sleep, if they need you to feed them to sleep, if they need you to hold them, if they need you like there, um, basically something is in the mix, a pacifier, any of those things I call sleep props. If your child needs that, then um, it may get a little more hectic for you to try to uh, get them independent of those things. And so that's when I'd probably reach out to a sleep consultant and say, hey, can you help me, um, you know, get this sleep prop, um, get my child sleeping independently without needing the prop. Uh, and you know, that's just some steps that we all do to kind of help behaviorally help you to transition that so that your child can sleep independently. Um, now, 
six months of age, just so everyone's aware, is when most pediatricians give you the green light to night wean, meaning you don't have to get up every so some odd hours in the night to um, feed the child. Some children are a little earlier than six months, but six months is like the average. Um, and so just kind of keep that in mind. Now, the other aspect of reaching for help, like let's say um, mom has a little postpartum depression or, you know, sleep deprivation is, is really getting taxing on you as the adult, as the parent. Um, I definitely would encourage you to reach out and get some help with that. Um, some of the other signs to look for that are, independent of, you know, postpartum depression, like brain fog, difficulty concentrating, just pure exhaustion, irritability, agitation, some of the things I talked about I had earlier. Um, If you're having any of those symptoms, uh, please reach out for help. There's help out there that can help you get your child sleeping so that you can eliminate these symptoms. So... I think that's, thank you so much for, you know, reminding us because so much you specialize in the first three years with sleep and so much of, I'm just thinking what a gift the sleep consultant is to this parent who is themselves being transformed, you know, um, through the, the, the newborn process, um, Mm -hmm. So I love that. Yeah, I'm really encouraging. Get your own support, but also support yourself and reach out to a sleep consultant. Um, uh, and, and before we move to the travel tips, uh, do you work with, could a sleep consultant also support like an, a slightly older child, like the seven-year-old that's all of a sudden, you know, having difficulty sleeping? Oh, yes, of course. Um, I do work with children up to age six, but there's lots of folks that work with children that are older. Um, You know, this whole, you know, you talk a lot about mindfulness parenting, um, this whole shift that we have going on, which I love mindfulness parenting. Um, A lot of times when we see older children, like over the age of four or four and older that still are having trouble sleeping, a lot of times um, it's due to, you know, a little anxiety, you know, they can't quiet their brain, um, they can't uh, get calm or get, you know, in that position and that mood to go to sleep. And so a sleep consultant can help you with that as well. Um, A lot of the tips that Kirsten, you have um, talked about on your podcast about, you know, yoga, meditation, um, you know, we're going to use those kind of tools to help the parent get that older child sleeping. And also, you know, if you have a child on the spectrum, um, you can also, uh, have use those tools to help with, uh, consistency, visual charts, things like that to get children older and children on the spectrum to, um, adhere to sleeping guidelines and it, and it works which will be linked in the show notes as well for parents interested in if, if that caught your attention there, we're going to link that for you. So, okay. So maybe, um, we have a trip coming up. We're super excited. We can't wait. It all came together, (laughs) but maybe we're feeling a little nervous. Like how much am I actually going to get to enjoy this trip? I so need it. I so need this vacation. Um, so we're bringing the kids and how do we make sure that we get enough sleep while on vacation in a new place to enjoy this new place we are? 
Oh, yes. I get this question a lot from my clients. You know, we don't want to mess up what we just did. Can we go on vacation? And yes, you can go on vacation and you can enjoy yourself. Um, I just, but I just want to share a few things that you can do to um, make sure you have a nice, relaxing time um, and not overstress about it. Uh, the first thing is don't overschedule yourself. So what's the first thing that happens when we schedule a trip? We spend all this money, hard-earned money, and we're like, okay, we're going to put all this stuff in in the day. Each day, this is what we're doing. You know, I'm the planner of the family, so I'm like, okay, we're going to do this, 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 and then we'll have lunch, and then we'll do this, 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 and then we'll get home. Well, you know, as the planner of the family, I have to relax a little bit on the plan. <laughs> so uh, schedule some things in, but allow some flexibility. Um, especially if you have a younger child who's on two nap a day or one nap a day, um, have like a period of downtime where everybody just, you know, um, either everyone, you know, come back to the hotel room and, you know, relax or have quiet time while the, the baby's napping. Um, or, you know, mom, dad, or, you know, partner, okay, you go with the baby to the room and we'll continue on with this. Um, the second thing I would talk about is room sharing and bed sharing. Obviously, when you're on vacation, you can't have, I mean, unless you do like an Airbnb or something like that, you can't have, you know, a whole house and everybody have their own room, right? Um, in those type of events where you don't get to have each person have their own room or um, everyone has to be in the same room, like a hotel, um, you want to make sure that you try as best you can not to bring the kid back in your bed, um, especially if that was your sleep prop, you know, bed sharing and the child wants to be in bed with you, you know, beforehand. Um, this could be, you know, a difficult habit to break if you do it again. So you want to bring the pack and play. Um, you know, you want to ask the hotel for a crib. Some hotels have cribs and pack and plays, but they all usually have um, cribs. We've traveled a lot uh, over the years and every hotel has had a crib. Um, and with two toddlers at that, we've asked for two cribs before. Um, so they have, you can use a crib, you know, try to create their own space. So maybe putting them like in a corner, if you have a little corner or if there's like a big closet or a big bathroom, um, put them in there, <laughs> um, while you're sleeping at night. And then, um, and then that way they have their little quiet space and it's easier for them to go down, um, you know, when it's time to go down. Um, or if you can get adjoining rooms, you know, have the kids in the other room while, you know, mom and dad can still be up, you know, um, watching TV or whatever while the kids are getting their sleep. Um, and this is just all to keep the privacy piece, um, keeping it dark, um, those kind of things, especially with toddlers. If they see mom and dad, when they wake up, it's like, Ooh, party time, you know, <laughs> Now, number three, you want to make sure that you bring all their sleep gear. So if they have a blankie, they have a lovey or stuffed animal, we talked about pack and play, um, et cetera. Trying to bring that sleep environment they had at home to the hotel or to your resort um, is going to be the best thing because then that way the child can associate, oh, it's nighttime, this is what we do at home, and this is what we're doing here at this place. Um the fourth thing I would say, car trips. 
If you're doing a car trip and not flying, uh, try to see if you can leave around nap time so that they could at least get a good two hours, you know, chunk of sleep while they're driving, while you're driving. And, um, you know, hopefully you get to your destination within that time or shortly thereafter. Um, now if, if you have a long trip and if you're up for the challenge, if you're able to drive while, you know, they're sleeping like bedtime to, you know, seven, start driving around six, seven o'clock at night, um, you know, go for it. But, you know, don't take that risk if you're not the type of person that can be awake, um, at night while you're driving. So you don't want to try that unless you really have the gumption for that. Um, so for number five, air travel. So air travel is kind of one of those things where it's like, okay, there's no rules for this. Just do what you can. Do what you must to get baby to sleep um, or get baby to calm or relax because you've got all these factors, right? You've got closed quarters. You've got people everywhere. And then you've got the ascension and descension in the air that messes with their little ears. So, um you know, you hear about um, letting them chew on something if they're a little older or if it's a baby, let them have their pacifier um, during those times to try to alleviate that um, ear pain or ear irritation. And, you know, of course, when you're up in the air and if they're screaming, you know, get up and walk around home if you can. Um, just do what you can. <laughs> um, now, number six, time zone travel. I get this question a lot. Um, working with military families, I had a client move to Germany from New York, and so she definitely had a lot of reservations about the sleep. Uh, he's already having good sleep right now. She didn't want to mess it up. Well, um, one thing to know about traveling is that babies and children kind of fare a little better. They, they do well with time zone change. It's not a big deal like it is with adults. Um, so keep that in mind. Don't worry about that. Um, now if you're traveling for more than a week, then you can start to integrate the child onto the new time zone. Otherwise you could keep them on the same kind of, um, time where they take naps and where they go to bed. Um, but a lot of times if it's a large difference, like if you're going from East coast to West coast and there's like that three hour difference, or you're going to Germany overseas somewhere, um, you can slowly adjust them to the new time after a few days and make sure to get a lot of outdoor time because the sun the sun is what's kind of cueing our circadian rhythm. And so letting baby see or toddler see, you know, outside play, um, this is cute. This is going to be a huge cue. And then when it gets dark, you know, start your bedtime as usual. The dark is going to increase melatonin production in the brain, um, which is what we want. Oh, oh my goodness. I love all of these. And, you know, as you were speaking, I thought so much of this, like all parenting is really, um, making sure parents are supported before leaving on vacation, making sure parents kind of have these tips and, and their thought process, you know, like, a, they were able to think them through and kind of do just a little bit of planning because it sounds like, you know, the kids themselves, like with so much, they're so resilient and adaptable. 
<laughs> it's us, you know, and, and that first one for me is so hard that the just, but it's been such a gift, like slowing down because I love to cram. I'm the same. I'm the planner and I love to cram the activities, mm-hmm. but having a small child just slows that personality down yeah. and it can embrace it and realize like, you know what? It's really fun to take a nap in the middle of the day. Oh, yeah. <laughs> Fine. You know, that's a little forced nap. Cool. You know, if you can kind of embrace that and enjoy your vacation, I just, I love these tips. Really quick. I just want to let your audience know that, um, I would love for you all to reach out to me. I'm going to give away, um, some free tips for you to get your child on track. If you have a newborn or to get your child, that's not sleeping well, incorporating these tips should help you get things on the right track and a free 15 minute consultation with me. So just head over to my website and send me an email and say, Hey, I heard you on Dr. K's podcast. Thank you, Tanja, for sharing your time and expertise with us. If you want more information, Tanja has left us tons of great resources, which you can find in our show notes. You can also find all her contact information if you want to have Tanja hold your hand through your family's sleep difficulties. And she's included links to follow on Instagram or Facebook. If you want to follow us on Instagram or Facebook, you can go to wideawakeparenting.com and follow the social media icons. If you know a sleep-deprived parent, share this episode with them. And thank you everyone who has told your friends about us. It really helps. Leaving a rating in Apple Podcasts is also a great way to help other parents find our show. That is our episode. I'm Dr. Kirsten Kazarian, and until we meet again... Be gentle with yourself, courageous on your path, and let's help each other try to stay awake.